This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, I'm Paul Wheelock and welcome to the latest podcast on the Blood Red channel. Not that you need reminding, but Liverpool were crowned European champions for the sixth time just under two weeks ago, with the victory over Tottenham in the Champions League final in Madrid sending out a massive statement of intent to the rest of Europe. So that got me thinking, how are the top clubs on the continent reacting to the Reds' win and how are their summers shaping up? We'll no doubt be keeping a close eye on what Liverpool's Premier League rivals are up to throughout the course of pre-season. So for this podcast, the first of two Europe specials, I spoke to a French football expert and a German football expert to get the lowdown from Liga and the Bundesliga. Rich Allen is a French football writer and podcaster for Get French Football News and French Football Weekly, who we've had on Blood Red before, and we caught up again to talk Paris Saint-Germain, the lesson they should learn from Liverpool, the battle of egos between Neymar and Kylian Mbappe, the rise of Lille, why Jurgen Klopp should not make a move for Nicola Pepe or Memphis Depay, and of course, how could we not speak about Nabil Fakir? You'll then hear my chat with Goal.com's Ronan Murphy, in which we talk about the big spending already being done by Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, Jurgen Klopp's chances of returning to Germany in the future, and whether Timo Werner will be on the market this summer, and whether he would be a good buy for Liverpool. But first, I speak to Rich Allen. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi, Rich. Brilliant to have you back on the Blood Red podcast. Uh, I would say you're enjoying the end of the season break, but as we speak, you're getting ready to watch uh, and report on France versus Andorra. It's yeah, it's it's non-stop um, for, for 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 good and for bad reasons. It's non-stop. So uh, fingers crossed for a good French win tonight. Yeah, we'll be talking about international football there, but before you know it, pre-season will start and we'll be back on the, the club football, and that's what I've got you. You on for because the last time we spoke, I think it was in November, uh, before Liverpool's penultimate Champions League group game against uh, Paris Saint Germain, and it, it's them who I'd like to start with, if that's okay. Because uh, back then, after that, after that win over Liverpool, and, and certainly the performance at Old Trafford in the in the round of sixteen, I thought it really looked like a team capable of winning the Champions League, but uh, it didn't work out like that. And, and from the outside, it, it looked like the wheels have have come off a bit going into this summer. Uh, it does a bit. I think this is this is two or three transfer windows of, of poor recruitment I think that's come back to, to haunt PSG because you look at that squad and yeah there's some you know world class players you know you've got your Neymars you've got your Mbappes you've got your Cavani's but you look beyond that and it's it's not a squad that you feel is ready to really really go for the Champions League and you know it's something that we've we've been saying um, for for two or three seasons now um, and they've really failed to to really build that squad. You know, they've, they've gone for the names rather than really identifying what their actual needs are and uh, and filling those gaps. It's quite interesting because it seems to be the opposite of say what Liverpool have done. Of course, last summer they did spend the the, the big money in the January before that on Allison and Van Dijk, but it, it it seems they've been very savvy and have not gone down the route say like a, a super club like PSG or even a Madrid have done. Yeah, absolutely. I think Liverpool is certainly one of those clubs that PSG could probably learn something from in terms of recruitment. You know, PSG, uh, sorry, Liverpool recognised what their issues were. You know, they they had a leaking defence. They had a, you know, a, a not particularly reliable goalkeeping uh, situation, and they went out and they spent the money. You know, it, it's high watering amounts, of course, on you know seventy or seventy five million or so on Van Dijk, similar amounts on, on Allison, but. You know, a season later, 
you know, we're talking about Van Dijk as a potential Ballon d'Or winner. We're talking about Allison as potentially the best goalkeeper in the world. You know, they they recruited within you know within the country. They bought Andrew Robertson. You know, he he was a good player for Hull, but I don't think anybody anticipated quite no, the the season that, that he's had for Liverpool. And I think that's something that PSG have really failed to do. You know, you look at PSG's recruitment over the years and. You know, it's probably sort of one in every three or four transfers seems to have have come anywhere close to good. You know, they've they've been hampered obviously with with financial fair play by all the money that they spent on on Neymar and Mbappe. And whilst I don't think you can really doubt, you know, Mbappe is is, is bit by bit and season by season starting to to repay that amount. Obviously, the injuries that Neymar suffered now in his two seasons with PSG, which has kept him out of action for. You know, at least the last third of both seasons, you have to go back and think. As silly as this sounds, has Neymar been a bit of a waste of money? Has has spending two hundred and twenty million euros on Neymar actually hampered PSG? They've not been able to go out and recruit the players that they wanted. They they clearly need some midfielders. They've been desperate for 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 a sort of a defensive midfielder for several two or three seasons now. Ever since sort of Thiago Motta sort of was on his, his sort of downward slope in terms of form. Um, and they went out and they panicked by. You know, they spent 40-odd mil, million on, on Leandro Paredes mm-hmm. in, in January. And, you know, many, amongst myself, count him as one of the flops of the season. He's had a, he's had a pretty hopeless six months. So Liverpool, you know, it, it's, it's what, you know, you look at Guardiola. Everybody says, well, God, Guardiola does well because he spends a lot. Guardiola does well because he spends in a correct way. Yeah. You know, and that's what Liverpool have done. You know, they have spent a fortune. Nobody can deny that, but they've spent it wisely. They've they've identified these are the problem areas in the team. They've gone out and they've spent the big bucks to bring in the best. And you know, we're we're twelve months down the line from from someone like an Allison joining. And you know, you look at what Liverpool have achieved. And you look at what PSG have achieved. And you know, Liverpool have got what PSG so desperately crave. Yeah, spot on. You know, they've never reached past the, the quarter-final stage, have they, since the, the takeover. And, and just to pick up on what you said there, you, you know, given the fact that there has been a, a reliance on those big-name signings rather than the actual players they need, will that will that change this summer or is it going to be more the same? You know, you you, you see the you read the reports today that the Paris Saint-Germain are favourite delete, who's, who's obviously a fantastic player, or is there any going to be changing policy, changing recruitment this summer? Well, I think a lot of it hinges on what happens behind the scenes of PSG. There's there's talk that their sporting director, Antero Henrique, who has not necessarily seen eye to eye with, with coach Thomas Tuchel since Tuchel came in. There's talk that Henrique's possibly on his way out. And the the, the guy that they may look to bring in was, was their former sporting director, Leonardo. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, he's, he's recently left AC Milan. Now... It, Leonardo was responsible for sort of the early days of the of, of the Qatari era under PSG, and he certainly helped bring in. Yeah, he brought in some big big name players, but he brought in the right kind of players, and, and ultimately that's why they were so successful. And it's you know it's it's perhaps no coincidence that since his since he left, they've regressed in the you know in Europe. You know they were regularly reaching the quarterfinals under under Laurent Blanc and. And, uh, and Leonardo as, as, as technical director or sporting director. Since since they've gone, they've only gone backwards in Europe, despite spending much much more. So it, that that is a clear identifier that 
recruitment is really the, 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 the key issue with PSG and that's the, the the big problem I think that's going to stop them from from achieving what they what they desire most which is the Champions League success so they've got to get this summer right you know if they don't get this summer transfer window right I think you can probably kiss goodbye uh, the Champions League and probably with that you can kiss goodbye Thomas Tuchel being coached beyond the end of next season um, because they, they have to really do have to get those transfers right and they have to uh, there's there's a lot of, of, of sort of fingers in pies at PSG. You've got Nata El Khalifi, who's the president and sort of the, the Qatari representative, seems to want to be involved far too much for someone with no footballing background. He wants to build, you know, it's pretty evident, he wants to build this sort of Galacticos Mark II at PSG. Well, actually, if you go back to the Galacticos at Real Madrid, they didn't actually certainly on a European scale, they didn't win that much. No, no, not at all. Um, they, they went a number of seasons without Champions League success. It was only once they built a squad that they achieved those back-to-back Champions League successes under Zidane. Um, so they, there's a lot to learn, and, and Liverpool definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, are a, are a team or a squad or a club that PSG can learn a lot from. Just before we move on from PSG, you mentioned Neymar and and Kylian Mbappe there. I've read the reports since the end of the season, certainly Mbappe at the, the Player of the Year awards from Liga. They don't seem to be particularly happy, or they, is, is that fair to say? Well, they seem to be, you know, Neymar was the first to come out and say, you know, he wanted more responsibility, suggesting that he wanted the captain's armband. Tuchel was very quick to, to jump on that and say, look, you know, he's a great player, but I don't necessarily see him as captain material. Then obviously at the, the, the end of season player awards, Mbappe came out and said that he wanted more responsibility. Um, I think Mbappe recognises that he has, he has really led this team in terms of responsibility. You know, Neymar has been out injured for, for you know, large parts of the two seasons he's been at the club. Cavani is not as fit as he once was. Mbappe has had to lead the line. And he's 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 really revelled in that. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to play as a centre forward rather than out on either flank. So he has really enjoyed that responsibility. And you know, thirty odd goals this season really represents a, just what he can do as a as a centre forward. That's that's the position he wants. So I I don't I've I've always had my concerns that the two couldn't work together. There have been times where you think, yes, actually, you know what. It looks like they could do, but I just have my doubts of, you know, the meteoric rise that Mbappe is on conflicts with the rise that that Neymar wants, and ultimately, yeah. you know, we all know the reason he joined PSG was because he wanted a club to be his own. He'd obviously played a few seasons under Messi, and it's impossible to get out of Messi's shadow for obvious and correct reasons. He wanted to to, to create his own club. He wanted. You know, as, as as Barcelona is Messi, as Real Madrid were Ronaldo, he wants PSG to be Neymar, and he joined. And you know, within a month, they'd also signed Mbappe. And you know, you look at the trajectories, and Neymar has has been a rise, and I think he has he has played well when he's played. But Mbappe is just on another level. Um, so I, I have my concerns, and if I'm PSG, knowing I am a little bit hampered with FFP. I'd, I'd potentially be looking at cashing in on Neymar while, whilst you still can. You know, he's 
he's of an age where you can still get a good you know a good chunk of money for him you might not get your 220 million euros back but you'll get enough you know you'll get 160 million say at least and you think what 160 million could do for that squad you know you could bring in three or four players that would really fill the 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 problem areas in PSG and that's primarily defence and midfield so if I'm PSG I've said it before I'd I'd be looking at cashing in on Neymar I don't think they will but certainly a player like Mbappe has sounded that alarm that if things don't change you know he is he is happy to, to consider offers elsewhere very interesting. I know when uh, we spoke earlier in the season before that uh, game of the, in Paris, the, the fact that you said if you, you took PSG out of the competition, it, it's very competitive. And I suppose Lille, who finished second this season after nearly being relegated the season before that, a great example of that. You know, uh, were they a real surprise package this season? They're in the Champions League next season. They they were a surprise package to many. I picked them as a dark horse for a European spot. Um, I certainly didn't see them sort of romping to second place. I mean, they were at times playing some of the best football in France. Uh, their coach, Christophe Gautier, is certainly not known for this style of football. He previously had a lengthy spell with Saint-Étienne mm-hmm. where they were a really gritty, defensive, quite a dull team to watch, but effective nonetheless. Lille this season have been, uh, you know, a, a, an absolute revelation. You know, they have been organised and resolute, as you'd expect from a Christophe Gautier team. But the the attacking play that they've had, and obviously the, the sort of three key components of that have been Jonathan and Kone, Jonathan Bamber, and of course, Nicola Pepe, who's been, you know, he's been the standout player, arguably in Ligue 1 as a whole this yeah. season. Um, and, you know, he he's the player that, that Lille, will, Lille will be cashing in on this summer. And, you know, Gal, Christophe Galtier has referenced it. Uh, Gerard Lopez, who's the president, he said it. You know, they're, they're not totally financially secure. They, they're, they're, they do need to sell just to keep the books in line because in France, the, 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 the finances of, of football clubs are hugely and really intensely monitored. Um, so... They are going to have to sell, and you know they they will be selling Nicolas Pepe. There's no there's no doubt about that. He will go, but the football they've played this season, I, I genuinely think at times has has bettered PSG. Yeah. You know, there's there's been a real, you know, you watch some of their games and the link up play between the players. There's no, yeah, Pepe had some fantastic numbers, but there was no necess, there's no accounting for him being as stellar as he was this season. There's no. Certainly at the start of the season, there was no superstars in this team. It was just a squad of very carefully selected players put together. Some really exciting youngsters like Pepe, like Akane, like Bamba. Some experienced players. They brought Jose Fonte in, who's been fantastic this season. He's really sort of rolled back the years. Um, they're just, a, a, you know, they've, they've been a very well-run club. It's going to be sad that a couple of their big-name players are going to leave in the summer, mm-hmm. but... You know, hopefully they can recruit, and obviously with the lure of Champions League football, you know they they can replace and and not be too hampered by by those departures. With Pepe, he's been linked with Liverpool, but our understanding from our writers here that he's not uh, a target for the club primarily because he's going to be going for for such big money, and I I don't think Liverpool are going to go down that route again this this summer. We'll have to wait and see. But do you think he's a player who's who's ready for the Premier League? Cause like so many players from the French division have come over here in the in the last couple of dec- decades and done so well. 
I think he would. I think for the money that Lille will want, there is a bit of a gamble there. I think Lille's very much are looking in the sort of 60 to, to sort of 75 mil region for, for, for Pepe. My my personal belief is that he'll end up going to Bayern Munich. Yeah. Uh, they're obviously in need of wingers with, with Robin and Ribéry having having uh, left the club at the end of the season. Um, so I, my, my personal belief is that I think he'll end up there. Um but, you know, he is a fantastic player. Um, he needs to be playing out on the wing. Last season at Lille, he was OK in fits and starts, but he was played in a more central forward role. And that, that's not his position. And, you know, that, that's why I think so few expected this from him, because he'd he perhaps been a little borderline disappointing, shall we say. He moved for 11 million uh, from, from Angers to, to Lille and... Yeah, he, he hit double figures on goals, but certainly I don't think many expected the season that we've just witnessed from him. So um, I could see him at a Premier League team. You know, clearly for for that amount of money, you're going to be surely you're going to be buying him to be a first team player, which you know, for me would probably rule Liverpool out. Yeah. I don't necessarily see where he would fit. You know, obviously with with the Liverpool sort of front three so firmly established, it's going to be difficult for. For, for Liverpool to, to warrant spending 65, 75 million on a, on a player who's going to you know, be second choice behind someone like Salah, for example. So, um, uh, you know, there's, there's not going to be many that can afford him. And certainly Lille, you know, are not going to sell him on the cheap. They're not in that desperate situation. But, yeah, I, I, of all the clubs that have been linked with him, I do see Bayern Munich being, being the most sensible fit for him. Interesting. I just uh, ask you about another name because we did a our Blood Red main podcast on Monday this week and we kind of did a bit of a transfer roulette kind of show and we went through some of the names that have been linked, some of the information we've got, including Pepe. Uh, and another one that came up was Memphis Depay of, of Lyon, who you know was the third team from France to qualify for the Champions League next season. I, I, I don't think English football fans were, were probably held him in particularly great memory given his time, uh, given his performances for Manchester United, but he does seem to have put his career back on track at Lyon. He's put his career back on track to a degree. He's still an intensely frustrating player. Yeah. You know, on his day, he he's he is he can be up there with the very best. Some of the skills that he's got, the movement he's got, the passing, the finishing that he's got can be marvellous. But so often he is his his head disappears or he gets uh, such an uh, an inflated ego that he just becomes frustrating, that he just disappears, tries one too many tricks, doesn't perform. Um, so I think any club going for him just needs to bear that in mind, is that he is very much a player that has to be you know, feeling that he is the number one player in the team, that he has to be loved, he has to be adored, he has to be pampered and, and, and feel like he's been cherished and all this thing. I imagine he's very hard work to coach, um, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, if I'm Liverpool, I'm not necessarily sure I'd look to be introducing a character like his no, no. into that squad. Um, you know, obviously Liverpool have got you know fantastic uh, sort of camaraderie and, and, and squad togetherness that I'm not necessarily sure a player in the mould of Memphis Depay with, with all the... The you know the ridiculous clothes that he wears and the wrapping 
song, you know, rapping Instagram videos. I, I know I sound very, very old, <laughs> but I don't know if necess- I don't know if that's necessarily what Liverpool need. No. If I'm perfectly honest, um, you know his numbers perhaps inflate his importance. Certainly, you know I don't think Leon would have any issue in in selling him. Um, you know, there's obviously probably bigger assets at Lyon that that many clubs will go for. But I think um, Jean-Michel Olas, is the, the Lyon president, will will firmly be trying to to sort of guide teams towards Depay and sort of you know go after him. And I don't think they'd necessarily certainly Lyon fans, I don't think would 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 have many tears in in him go. We got very used to uh, quoting the, the aforementioned Mr. Orlas last summer with Nabil Fakir, and, and again, his name always knocks about. Uh, but it, it's clear that he looks like he could be moving on this uh, this summer after, you know, a, it sounds a less than impressive season after coming so close to signing for Liverpool. But will he be going for a considerably less price than the one that was kind of touted last summer? And does that give, if not Liverpool, someone a, a chance of a bit of a bargain here? Yeah, I, I, I think he will go. This this summer he's had a a bit of a disappointing season. I think he has been a bit deflated that he didn't get the move last summer, um, and I think that's come through in in the way that he's played this season. He's looked off the pace. There's been glimpses um, of, of the Fekir that we we all know, but it, it's looked apparent for a long time now that that he was going to be off, and they've effectively you know Leon have effectively said that he's he's going to be on the market if anyone wants to move. And they've certainly got ready-made replacement for him within the squad in Husamawa. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they will probably look to move him on. In terms of a fee, I think, if I'm honest, I think Leon, Leon will be lucky to get sort of 35, 40 million for him. Um, of all the clubs, certainly from a Premier League perspective, all the clubs that, that could go for him, if I'm Arsenal... I'm thinking that's exactly the kind of player that we need. Yeah, we need that creative midfielder. You know, Ozil is, is obviously the player that they hoped that was going to be. That that seems to have disappeared really now. They've obviously lost Ramsey. Uh, I think Fekir obviously he's got a great relationship with Lacazette. You play him just behind a front two of Lacazette and Aubameyang, you've got a real potent um, front three. So he will. Uh, I'm I'm fairly confident that he will he will leave this summer. Um, Leon have said that they're probably going to be selling a maximum of two big names, but that didn't include Fekir. So that probably gives you as, as clear an impression as you need in terms of, you know, they they, they see him as 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 probably relatively dispensable now. Well, I so I, I would I would imagine that that he will move on in the summer. They're obviously under they've got a new coach now. They've got Silvino, the former Arsenal fullback, and. Club legend Janino has come back as sporting director, so they'll have their own vision for the club uh, and the team and, and how they want them to play. And I very much see Husam Alar as a central figure in in how they will want that Leon team next season to play. And I think to get the best out of Husam Alar, you need to play him in Fekir's position, which is central, just behind the front line. Um, so I think they're really going to have to look at. at, at, at Getting uh, getting Fekir out the door, I think this summer. Which probably just leads me on to a final question, really, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to uh, Fekir because, from a human level, I could understand the absolute devastation he must have felt at, at seeing that move to Liverpool fall uh, fall through at the last minute, and particularly what's happened since for him and, and for Liverpool. But have, have Liverpool almost moved beyond beyond him now? 
Um, if, if I'm honest, yes. I think you look at you look at the way that, that Liverpool play. I'm not really sure where I would see Fekir fitting into that. Um, you know, he's not going to break. He's not. He's not the kind of player that would play in that front three. Um, you know, I look at the midfield three that Liverpool that Liverpool play and the kind of players that they play in those positions. I don't see him in there. He sort of fits in the gap, if you like, between those two. So unless you know Liverpool are going to change the formation, change the style that they play, and, and to be honest, why should they? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know where Fekir will go. Yeah, I, I certainly think Liverpool are probably beyond him now. You know, if I am a Liverpool fan or if I'm a Liverpool scout. I'm looking. Uh, I'm you know. I'm going to Leon still, but I'm looking beyond Fekir. I am looking at the likes of of Hussam I'm looking at the likes of of Martin Terrier. I'm looking at the likes of. Depends whether he's still there or not. Come come next summer, but I'm looking at the likes of Tongi and Dombele. Yeah. Um, yeah. There there is probably talent now within that Leon squad that certainly if it doesn't now by next summer will have surpassed Fekir's uh, ability. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Thanks very much to Rich there for his insight and opinion. But now it's time to turn our attention to Bayern Munich, who of course were knocked out of the Champions League in their own backyard by Liverpool this season. And also about Borussia Dortmund, the Bundesliga in general. And that is all with Ronan Murphy of Goal.com. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi, Roland. Thank you very much for joining me on this podcast to have a bit of a catch-up with what's going on in Germany since the end of the season. You OK, mate? Very good, yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. It, it feels like the season's never come to an end with Liverpool winning the Champions League and then uh, a week a week later we're all into the silly season with the transfers. Uh, and Liverpool haven't signed anyone yet, but uh, I know the, the big two in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, uh, have been very busy, haven't they? You know, can I just ask you, ask you about Bayern the champions first, if that's okay. What's the the reasonings behind the the big moves that they've made so far? I suppose the, the reasons is that they see themselves as a team that maybe need to rebuild again after the, the golden era that they had. Maybe the twenty thirteen Champions League winning team has come to an end, and they've been disappointed in the Champions League in the last couple of years, and especially with the, the performance at Anfield and being a half decent showing and then getting annihilated in the second leg it was it was disappointing to lose to Liverpool so they kind of really need to to rebuild and they've they've got some of their transfer business done early they've had players coming in as, as early as January and even before the season ended they, they've made moves to bring in new defenders they're bringing in Lucas Fernandez from Atletico Madrid he's their new record transfer before he came along the record transfer for one of the team was 42 million and they paid 85 million wow. euro for him so it's a they're, they're really mean business signing him and Benjamin Pavard then coming from Stuttgart the, the World Cup winners so both of those are World Cup winners and that kind of signings you know that the mean business and they're not happy with just win the Bundesliga on the last day of the season and they want to challenge in Europe again next season yeah, it is. and it's the more to come. I know there's a lot of links over here in the English press with, with Leroy Sane. I imagine he'd cost a lot of money, but it, it doesn't seem to be going away, that one. No, I, I think the, the stolen block is the, the fact that it's going to cost a lot of money. And Byron, Uli Hornes has said before that 
the 80 million that he spent on Lucas Hernandez, that's the kind of their limit. So they, if they want to buy Sané, they're going to have to go above that limit and he might have to break his own kind of promise that we're not going to spend silly money like other teams because I'd say City are definitely looking for 100 million for Sané. But I suppose he, he is the kind of talent of a player that that would walk into most teams in the world and he definitely make Byron better, especially with Robin and Ribery leaving this summer. Course. I'll just pick you up on the, the point you made about the Champions League exit to Liverpool. You know, on, on the face of it, it was a good season for Bayern. You know, they, they won the domestic double. I think it's six titles in a in a row they've won now. But was was it a pretty humbling experience what happened in the Allianz Arena against Liverpool? Because I, I can't remember too many times seeing like Bayern humble like that a bit. No, especially not at home like that. It was a, a huge shock and it, it kind of put more pressure under coach, the new coach, Niko Kovac. And a lot of the time... The, a lot of the fans at the time really wanted him out at that stage even though that there was still a good chance to win the league and the cup which they ended up winning both but they, it kind of went down to the end in, domestically and the fans they're still not sure about him even though they've, they've guaranteed his job for next season they're still not sure that he's the man to lead them forward and he's the right guy for the job and if you look at any Bayern Munich t- tweets on Twitter anything they put out most of the replies are hashtag Kovac out which is it, it, it's not really what you want from your fans <laughs> going into a new season where, when you're in the middle of a rebuild. Yeah, I imagine. I'm sure uh, Kovac was delighted to see Franz Beckenbauer come out as well and say that, oh, he's one they love Klopp to take over Bayern, you know. like And I, I know you can say that because Klopp's going to be in Liverpool for at least another three, four years. But still, it's, it's, it's you wouldn't be too pleased if you were the current manager, would you? No, no, you wouldn't, too, especially with big names being linked with that and people that Kovac is well aware of his own abilities people that would walk into the job if he became available and you would be out the door immediately so yeah I suppose it's a lot of pressure on him and even more pressure that's, than there's there already but I think I think Klopp's happy enough with Liverpool for the moment and I think you guys are happy enough with him too yeah definitely you know there is this thing about him he, he does seven years at a club at Mainz and then Dortmund then Liverpool and he, he, we everyone accepts here that he, he will go one day and he'll, he'll leave the club in a much better place but there's talk about German national team and obviously Beckenbauer has come out and said he'd love him at Bayern one day. Do you think he'd be a good fit for Bayern? Because, I don't know, like for me, it's a, it, it seems like they've got different philosophies about the way they do things or do you think he might fancy going back and being the, the manager of the biggest club in Germany? I'd say he might fancy it, but maybe the German job the German job itself could be the bigger challenge for him or because a, he's a proud German and he always, he always talks about being a German first and foremost and we we all see seen that clip where he heard about the Bayern result while he was Liverpool manager and he was he found it funny. So I think that that that, that Dortmund streak is still in him. Yeah. Even though it wasn't his first club, it's it's still in him. So it might be difficult for him to to go to Bayern after being such a big fan favorite at Dortmund and loving the club so much himself. Definitely, he's he's as you can imagine, he's. Massively loved over here in uh, in Liverpool, and particularly on the obviously obviously on the red side. I'm not sure about the blue side, but uh, I imagine what he's doing here is big news in Germany, isn't it? Because given his you know given his nationality and given how well respected he is in his homeland as well. Yeah, I think the people the people in Germany kind of see him as doing as the best German coach at the moment, and and doing a brilliant job. They kind of think that. The, a lot of them do admit that the English Premier League is a, a bigger challenge than the Bundesliga even though he, he won it with Dortmund but to see that winning the Champions League with, with Liverpool is a, is a much bigger achievement and that 
they like to see German guys do well and even David Wagner at Huddersfield yeah. like he, he didn't he didn't win any silverware or anything, but the the fact that he was able to keep a mediocre team in the Premier League was a huge achievement, and he, he could have walked into any number of jobs in Germany this summer. And he eventually took the, the Schalke job, which it's a big club that maybe needs someone to, to steady the ship, and he might be the man for it. So the way they look at Klopp is even more loved to He's kind of the, the saviour that they hope that he might come back and manage Germany one day. We'll see. Certainly going to be in the future, though. Uh, just about you talked about Wagner going to Germany. There's still always this speculation that team over there might be coming the other way to England and Liverpool. But it seems like Bayern is seriously interested in him. What's his situation at the moment? Do you think he might move on from Leipzig in the summer? Yeah, well, Leipzig don't. They've come out and said Ralf Ragnick, who was the, the manager and sporting director, and he's moved to an overall position with Red Bull and he's looking after their teams worldwide now. He he said that they don't want to they don't want to let him go for free next summer, so they're they're unlikely to keep him past this summer. And their CEO Oliver Minslav has said the same thing. So they, uh, I wouldn't expect him to to stay at. At Leipzig for another season, yeah, I, I think he'll he'll be gone as soon as they find someone that'll match the, the amount they're looking for, and maybe that's the stumbling block at the moment that Bayern don't want to pay as much money as Leipzig want because they know he'll be a he'll be a free agent next summer, and they're, they're trying to get him for as cheap as possible. He seems to want to go to Bayern Munich because he he knows he can win titles and stuff there. But if Liverpool did come in with a bid, Leipzig would definitely accept it as long as it met their asking price. Yeah, I know. I think probably this time last year, or maybe just a bit earlier, that we kind of like heard reports from within the club that they weren't interested in in Werner at that time. Because I think they had Leon Brewster coming back to fitness, and he's obviously still had his injury problems over the years, and he'll get a chance next season. But there still is that kind of thinking that they could do with an extra forward as a backup or competition for that for the for the front three of Salah, Firmino, and Mane. Do you think Werner could fit in if he if he was to make the move to Liverpool? Yeah, I think he he definitely would. I think he has the versatility that he could replace any of them. I know maybe you you might be looking for someone to replace Firmino first and foremost as someone that would step in there. But I think maybe he would provide depth for Salah or Mane because he, he likes drifting out wide and he usually plays as part of the front two for Leipzig. So it, I'm not sure if a lone striker role would suit him. But the way Liverpool play with the kind of the, the way the, the three up front play together. I, I think he'd have no problem fitting in there, and especially if it was to help Salah or, or Mane maybe rotate or rest for more important games, he'd be a, a brilliant acquisition. Let's wait and see on that one. Uh, one player who definitely won't be coming to the pool, but he's another one who's been constantly linked with him in the past is uh, Julian Brandt, so, because he's, he's actually gone to Klopp's former club, Borussia Dortmund, hasn't he? You know, they, they look like they're doing some seriously good business. Yeah, they are. They, they have also got their business done kind of early and uh, in the week between the the league and the German Cup final and both three players and that kind of puts the pressure on Bayern Munich to, to do more than they've already done so far they don't need to strengthen further because they, they kind of challenged them until the last day and they even had a chance of winning the, the, the league until maybe half an hour into the, the last day of the season it was kind of similar to the, the City Liverpool final day in the Premier League where there was hope there but I think most people kind of admitted that the, the easier match was the, the team in the lead and they ended up winning comfortably in the end but there was, there was some sort of hope there but Dortmund they, they're trying to strengthen they, they've added 
kind of four, three first team players, Nico Schultz is left back, which is one position that they desperately needed. And then Brandt, as you've said, and then also brought in Eden Hazard's brother Torgan Hazard from Brussels Munch and Gladbach and he was one of the best performers in the first half of the Bundesliga last season. So they've they've really strengthened. So I, I imagine we won't see the kind of disappointment in Europe that they had against Spurs this season that we won't see that again next season. Maybe they, they might push on and go a bit further, maybe it's just quarter finals or something. Yeah, they, they they look like it's hard to get back to the level they were on the clock, you know, winning the title and then and again to the Champions League final. But it looks like they're the strongest they have been in a number of years. That fair to say? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, because I suppose in previous seasons and after Klopp left, they kind of, maybe they lost some of the better players too. Bayern Munich, Lewandowski left, and Hummels left, and Gotze left before coming back, and they they lost some of their star players and. Then even more recently, Aubameyang moving to the Premier League, to kind of transfers like that were happening, and they, they look to be stripped of their assets small summers. But that hasn't happened this summer, and they're actually they're very reluctant to sell Jadon Sancho, their yeah. kind of up and coming talent. And I know Man United have been sniffing around, but he'd be he'd be crazy to go to Man United. Yeah, why would you want to go out, there? No miss, miss, out, miss out on the Champions League, and uh, and their own CEO said, no, no way, we're selling not even for 150 million. I don't think anyone's going to pay that for him as much talent as he does have so they'll, they're definitely going to be a much stronger team next season it'll be interesting to see how they do in Europe and whether they can actually take the, the title back from, from Bayern Munich yeah it shows how much strength they've got that they allowed like Pulisic to leave he wasn't even like a, a guaranteed first team player then again yet another player who some people thought he was destined for Liverpool given the Klopp links given He's American, Liverpool owners are American, but he's gone to Chelsea. How do you reckon he'll do in the Premier League? I think he, he might do well in the Premier League. I don't think he's going to pull up any trees. I don't think he's going to be a, a fantastic talent or anything. I think he's, he's kind of a 7 out of 10 player. Yeah. He, he's he's probably a top 6 player, but I wouldn't I wouldn't think he's a, a top 4 player, especially the fact he, he wasn't a regular in th- this season for, for Dortmund. And that kind of tells you what they thought of him, that they were happy enough for him to leave and they've already spent the money they've got from them, they've put 10 million with it and they've got three new players and they were happy enough to do that. It wasn't a problem for them losing a player like him. I think maybe Chelsea might see him as a way to help build their audience in the US market and he definitely will do that because he'll sell a lot of jerseys. But he's a very good player. He he just isn't a brilliant player. He could eventually reach that level but at the moment he's just he's just a solid player and he's probably on a par with William and Pedro and he's definitely no hazard. Yeah, that'll be music to hear. He is Liverpool fans. Uh, just a quick one before we wrap up. We've talked a lot about Dortmund and Munich obviously here but Leipzig finished third. I think Leipzig had a great season to finish fourth. Are they teams to look out for in the Champions League next season? Leverkusen could be a team to look out for in the Champions League uh, yeah. next season because they'll either do brilliantly or they do terribly. They're yeah. one of these. They're one of these teams that you don't know which Leverkusen will turn up on a particular day. Their manager Peter Bosch, he, he was Borussia Dortmund manager and he, he was the, the manager that got Ajax to the to Europa League final against Man United a few seasons ago. He's he's all attack all the time, so. He, the, expect lots of goals in the games that they're playing but whether they win them or not is a different question so anything could happen with them I, I, if Liverpool get them next season I'd be happy as a Liverpool fan to, to, to see that kind of name coming out but it, 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 should, it should be six points but you never know it could end up in zero it's one of those 
it was the overall strength of the Bundesliga like now obviously it was a, it was a great title race this season which is, is great to see because like in any league you don't want one team dominating it uh, but overall the the league is it sh- how, how strong do you think it is at the moment it's probably as competitive as there's ever been apart from the title and even this season we might have had an actual title race but it, it, it's more competitive maybe than than the Premier League at a, a mid-table level because anybody could do anything. Yeah, it's a, the, the top four is never the same. The, there's always different teams. Like you had had Schalke and Hoffenheim in the top four last season, and neither of them finished in the top four this season. And Schalke even battled with relegation for a while this season. So you, you, it's it's kind of more competitive in a, on a week to week basis, and the, the top six seven teams. They kind of change around depending on who's made good signings or who gets into form and that sort of thing. And so it's it's definitely it's definitely an entertaining league if for, from a neutral perspective. But I'd say if you're a fan of a particular club, it could be a it could be a, a hair pulling kind of experience. <laughs> and one final one. Uh, obviously, you covered the Bundesliga extensively. You would have seen Liverpool in action against against Munich. And just as a football fan, do you think? The club are here to stay now. They've been to two Champions League finals on the the run. You know, got won the obviously the last one came so close to the Premier League. Do you think this will be a, an era when Liverpool will be right at the top of the European game? Yeah, I would think so. I, they, they have the, the the strength in the first eleven to to maybe win the Champions League every season. It's it's only if maybe they, this summer they can strengthen and bring in some some squad players to kind of cover in case there are injuries, like Timo Werner. We mentioned earlier players of that caliber that that will will fill the gaps where they need and can help them compete on both fronts but I'd imagine that this Liverpool team under top is definitely here to stay for the next couple of years and we'll, we'll definitely see them in the semi-finals or the final of the Champions League again next season You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo